When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Space, the final frontier. Specimen gathering mission on planet Alpha 177. Mr. Spock is much stronger than the ordinary human being. Aroused, his great physical strength could kill, but it's a risk I'll have to take. Something bothering you, Mr. Spock? End of day. The freedom of speech is being taken away. If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. That's the great question. What is the long-term effect of too much information? One of And welcome to a brand new life, to a brand new day, all the way from the wastelands of California. My name is Michael, and I look forward to once again serve you those conscious coma-inducing vibrations. First-time listeners, turn on, tune in, and drop out. This is a different kind of show, a place where we don't feel so alone. Let us chase away the light no matter what you at home choose to believe. I do admire you for your curiosity. Live and direct right now on the TuneIn Radio app. Search End of Days and you'll find the 24-7 network. Go to michaeldeacon.com for your preferred choice of platform to hear the podcast rendition of this show. Tonight my guest is Dr. Richard Allen Miller. Author and researcher Dr. Richard Allen Miller reveals a depth of knowledge and experience in alternative agriculture, physics, and metaphysics. Miller began working in the secret world of Navy intel in the late 1960s before many leading-edge concepts became trendy topics. Miller was and is the international front lines of research, experimentation, and documentation. Once again, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing me into your hearts and into your minds. Here we are again on a night like this. Good morning and good evening. Hello out there. Feels great to return. Always an honor and pleasure to be here. Hello to those listening to this on YouTube and iTunes. Don't worry. Don't worry. I don't hate you. Although I wish you could join me and all of us here live. For those who are new in attendance, let me take a moment to reintroduce myself to you. My name is Michael, and I am the host and producer of this very, very unique program. This is a call-in show. Please feel free to call in whenever your heart desires. I won't hang up. As long as you stay focused, I'll only be answering one line today, and that number is 760-332-8947. 
Let's hear those sweet little voices. 760-332-8947 or add me on Skype. End of days, Mike, with the letter Y and not the letter I. Great to see so many of you have returned tonight. Oh, yeah, it will be a bit of a rattlesnake. It's been several years now since I've last spoken to Dr. Richard Allen Miller on the air. Keep in mind, I do appreciate all of you listeners out there. Let's get down to brass tacks now and onward with Dr. Richard Allen Miller. Doc, is that you? Yes, it is. Oh, I'm so glad you could be here tonight. Are we uh, now officially on the air? Now we are officially live on the air, yes. Okay, good. How can I help you? What's going on? My goodness. So there's so many places we can begin. However, let's get down to the really, really creepy factor of all of this. Richard, we've been talking off air for quite some time now, and you were explaining to me how your website has been being compromised, basically. <laughs> I'm a person of interest with uh, uh, rogue AIs running around. Yeah, it's true. And there are a number of people that are now experiencing it. It's um, increasing. I don't know what it all means yet. Stay tuned on that part. But, you know, maybe we'll make a TV series out of it. <laughs> you know, I thought <laughs> at first yeah. I thought you were just joking around or maybe embellishing it just a, a tad bit. But then I go on my computer here and I type in michaeldeacon.com and guess what? A blank page. Yeah, it'll, uh, you, now what you gotta do is figure out what actually is happening, whether you've been hijacked or, uh, you know, there's any number of possible things that could be going on right now. So, you know, Pakistan and, and Ukraine come to mind. Uh, so that some of it is what we call DOS attacks. That's normal, uh, testing you from different countries. They'll come in on admin. So, there's protocols where you use Tor browser instead right. of uh, Microsoft or something, you know, mm -hmm. so that you don't have an IP address that's the same every time. Right, you right, can't right. track where you are. Yeah. There's yes. protocols like that. You're probably using admin, and you may want to rethink that that kind of thing for your website. Yeah, there's a few different things I'm going to have to go over. Yeah, and uh, it's all straightforward code stuff. It's the bigger slams that are really weird where you're not sure whether there's a ghost account duplicating your orders. You know, I, I caught Amazon with CreateSpace and Lightning Source with Ingram bootlegging titles of mine from yeah. individuals. Yeah, Amazon yeah. has caused you some some major issues, right? Oh, yeah, you know, that how does creative, well, we're just printers. We, we don't vet where the material comes from. We just are printers. And then, of course, Amazon markets books. They, they don't, uh, check copyrights. How does that all work? Well, Amazon Prime and CreateSpace is a good place to start looking for illegal activity. And um, there, it's just rampant. When you watch a brand-new book of mine, they didn't get it from me, that sells for $400. Now, who is going to pay $400? Is wow. that money? Yeah, money wow. laundering. What is that about? Yeah, that's not that's doesn't unusual. make any sense. It makes zero sense now that you've mentioned it, yeah. And yet, check it out. Go to Amazon. Look at my titles. How does that work? And I cannot talk to a human being. I, I've not been allowed to do that. I have to email or something up in Seattle to the legal. And uh, telephones are no longer 
or compromised or something. I don't know their excuses, but I can say that customer service in all larger businesses is going down the toilet in a handbasket. It's terrible. It's no longer about customer service. It's about plausible deniability and covering their ass. And that's (laughs) what's happening now in everything. And especially if you're a senior like I am, they right off the top think that you're asleep at the wheel and that they can get something over you and will try to nick you for more money on a credit card, whatever. I've watched how they do it, late payments, when you're not late. How does that work? You have to do due diligence on everything and everybody now. Oh, yes. Unfortunately, that's the way it works. It's not right. It really isn't. No, one of the things I'm trying to do is teach younger kids a distinction between, you know, ethics and morals. That's when, you know, Ducky Mallard was asked what's the difference between an ethical man and a moral man, and he turned around and replied, well, an ethical man knows not to cheat on his wife. Right. Mm -hmm. A moral man won't. I've heard that, yes. Yeah, that's the deal. You know, crime in terms of getting away with it because there's no way to prove it. And Amazon is so big that I have lawyers that would take my case on for nothing, you know, on contingency. Yes. And they would, the money's for nothing, you know, like a Mark Knopfler thing. And yet they would say to me, uh, we don't want to be in court with these people for two and a half years. I don't even want them around me. Yeah, that'll, that'll take a long time. It's not about money. That's the whole deal. And once you get that picture that it isn't no, no longer about the money, that part, they've already taken over that part. It's something else going on. Then you realize that we're all being manipulated. Yes. Now, let, let's take a step back here and go over your history. And speaking of which, some folks out there have even referred to you as the real Dr. Strange. How did, <laughs> how did that come about, by the way? Oh, uh, well... When you don't find answers in physics, where do you go? You know, when you, okay, for example, you watch a woman watching her daughter burn in a flaming car, and without hesitation, she reaches over and rips the car door off to save her daughter. Now, I've seen that happen. How does that work that she's able to do that when her bone is not as strong as the steel? Correct. How come her bones don't break? Yes, I've heard of stories like that. Well, that, you, you see that in almost everyday life. And now you begin to realize that the physical plane is just a special application of something more going on. And that's what they call meta, means beyond physics. Metaphysics. And so when I came out of grad school, I got approached, rushed, that's a better word, kind of like high school kids when they go to college with rush for all these sororities and fraternities and mine had weirder names you know like uh, uh bohemian grove and uh, oh you know skull and bones and creepy things and i had to armor up i had to immediately figure out what i was up against because i had no clue coming out of physics and that's when i studied uh hermetic kabbalism uh, under Gershom Sholem, six years, became a hermetic Kabbalist, spoke old Hebrew and Greek. So I did my own b- biblical translations, have my own opinions about what is and is not real, have come to realize 
that uh, if the written word is not where the answers are, the answers are inside, and your response to the written words. And the written words are codex keys. There are creepy things now that talk about uh, playing words backwards, and there's a codence that you know, something to do with time travel, and uh, <laughs> it goes on and on. Really and, does. you know, oh, yeah. you get so caught up in the drama of what's real, and you miss the big picture. For example, when Simon says you can go halfway to the door, everybody thinks that it's about going to the door. But you never get to the door. Really, what it's about is the journey. And so you focused on the wrong thing because he said, Simon says you can go halfway to the door. Ah, now, yes. just in that one information locked sentence means the door is impossible. Because no matter what you do, you're getting only halfway. No matter how close you are, you never make the door. So the whole thing isn't even about the door. It's about the journey. And yes. once you start to see the bigger pictures through that, you realize that the physical plane is not uh, quite what we think it is. It has something to do with imagination. And imagination is in a number of planes, including emotional, intellectual, archetypal, you know, where the distinction of man being human is different than that of a machine and what it can do. And, uh, for example, a machine doesn't feel any pleasure when it beats you at chess. Right. And so we talk about EQ, the idea that it's higher than IQ, more information because emotional content of how you feel about the physical plane has something to do with time. Oh, yes. And there's a relationship there. And so we have things that computers do not. And, of course, computers have things we do not. That means they can go places we will never be able to go, just like a dolphin can go somewhere we can't. Yes, artificial intelligence is very interesting, and some people are a little bit frightful about it, to be honest. Some people even believe that these machines will grow smarter uh, than us and eventually become I'll be conscious. Back. Terminator. <laughs> right, yeah. Skynet, Well, exactly. that's because everything starts with the imagination, not physics. The replicator started on Star Trek before we invented a 3D printer. So it's it's which way it came first, the egg or the chicken. And, uh, I, you know, there it is. And you should never hatch at your counts before they chicken. Right. That's when the count was being summarily executed for not squealing and we wanted him to chicken and tell all but we hatched our count hatcheted our count before he chickened yes and before i never mind you <laughs> it is a it's a metaphor again yes of 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 you know don't count your chickens before they hatch right but it's you know play on words metaphor what is your metaphor but to serve your paradox that's gregory bateson and that led to cybernetic anthropology and the constructs of how a city is laid out to form a group or tribal consciousness by putting the ghettos over here and the, uh, the supermarket over there and then we're going to have the water here. And you know, when you lay a city out like that, it changes the music, just like jazz. Uh, you know, different from New York and New, New Jersey and Washington, D.C. and Chicago and uh, Chicago, sorry. And, and you know, 
New Orleans. It's different. And because the way the town is laid out, it sets up a type of meme or consciousness that is invasive for the way something can flow. Now, a computer can do all of that at once where you're just doing one at a time. That's the difference between a bit and a qubit. And the idea of storing information on top of itself in layers like you would holographic system. Yes, and before I forget, I, I just remembered going through your history, you were a part of the program with Mr. Timothy Leary, correct? I, um, they did a, a series in, in 1964, before LSD was illegal, um, they, Harvard wanted to determine whether or not giving these mind alterants to a genius would change that person. And so there was a little program that happened, and Timothy Leary came out. I was selected as one of the kids they wanted to experiment with. He first talked to my mom, and then he went to Washington State University to Professor Riggins and talked to him. And once both of them felt it was interesting, then he approached me. I was 20 years old. This was 1964. And uh, I had never <laughs> had gotten high on anything or drank alcohol. I got drunk. Never did anything. I was a, a nerd, <laughs> you know, in school. And uh, athlete. I was like one of these super athletes. Letters that dripped all kinds of different things, football and right. track. Yeah. But I was also, you know, science fair, science club, debate club. <laughs> I did everything. And so... um they asked me if I wanted to experiment, and I said fine. And what happened was he was my guide, took me up uh, as I was getting higher and higher. He took me up to the north end of Washington State to uh, Hurricane Ridge, uh, Deception Pass. And I'm looking down over the bridge, 2,000 feet down into Puget Sound, big Hurricane Ridge. And uh, the water was peeling back colors and boiling and everything. And Larry leaned over and he said, uh, wouldn't it be neat to jump? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and it was at that moment that I had all these doors slamming. He said in my head, oh, I don't want to hear this. I survival mode. And I, you know, went down into lockdown trying to protect myself from thinking these kinds of evil thoughts. And that's the first stages in mind control. And what happened was I came to realize that the inner space was more vast than outer space. And why all of my studies from that moment on dealt with altered states of consciousness. Yes. And magic is the art of changing consciousness at will. Like laser man, sleight of hand, this is called sleight of mind. And your upper brain, the one we normally associate with the mind, it's not. That part of the body, that brain, is there to make all your beliefs true. I wouldn't have seen it if I hadn't have believed it. Now, that's what it does. It's a very efficient tool, and is exactly that. It's a tool and should not be uh, given the grace of being absolute, which it is not. It is there to make all your beliefs true. Your lower brain, your gut, is how your future timelines talk to the moment. And so once you start to reorganize your way of looking at things, 
Now what happens is certain doors are available that were no longer previously available. Oh, yes. Being able to change the movie. We'll definitely get into that in a second here. But before we move forward, you are also an affiliate of John Lilly. And um, if if anyone uh, could recall, he was a part of the LSD experiment uh, with dolphins, really. Yeah, but but I I don't know about the dolphin part that was... (laughs) um, who was it? Let's um, talk about that because I thought yeah, it was yeah, interesting. Yeah, it was um, Carl Sagan chose me uh, because I was a whiz kid. I, I had languages. I was a math whiz and had languages. So he chose me to come in uh, into Berkeley to determine whether or not the dolphin clicks and whistles or squeals and all the rest of it was a form of language. And so I sat down and started recording things like our man Flint. And learned how to talk to a dolphin kind of whoop, 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 whoop. It's you know, insane, and what really. happened was within about ten days I realized that their clicks and whistles was a form of Clifford algebra. Their they were they had a language that was ten times more efficient than Hebrew, old Hebrew. And that's some other languages in the Sefer Yetzirah, the book of formation. And basically uh were able to convey more information in less bursts than we ever even dreamed of in our forms of languages, plural. And Avram Mole, some French mathematician, has subsequently written on that titled Aesthetic Perception and Information Theory. And it's the way we have redundancy in our various languages and the way we do metaphor. Now, the the thing I'm going to use about the metaphor in Gergely Bateson was, what is your metaphor but to serve your paradox? Well, that's where I have a paradox in a meadow. What is your metaphor but to serve your paradox? Paradox. And that is the right action of the way we translate scaling up or down. There's loss and clarity of information as it moves from one level to another. And the way information folds into or out of itself holographically. A hologram is N dimensions of information in N minus one dimensions. And so it's the way information comes folds down in itself like a fractal. And that's where you have the Mendelbrot, Julia or May patterns, where if the, let's say the Mendelbrot pattern is this size, the next size scaled up is that size. It's not this or that, it's that right there. It has a relationship from one plane to the next predicated on the detail. And so with that construct, there is an information theorem that states if you have enough information to ask a coherent question, you have enough information to answer it. The answer lies within the structure of the way you ask the question. Now, with that said, that's completely different than a quantum universe, which is based on time and space. And with time and space, with Heisenberg and the uncertainty principle, we now have a serious problem with quantum consciousness in that the more you know about one thing, the less you know about something else. Yes. And so that's the limitation of a quantum universe. It's quantized. And that edging going from one step to the next, which is different than analog, allows a different kind of mathematical set of doors of possibilities. And so we choose our models 
for where we want to go with our solutions. And working with a holographic concept, you could say that the brain, the upper brain, the one I said is there to make all your your your, your beliefs true, is basically a four-dimensional hologram of five space because it's an amorphous semiconductor. It's liquid crystal phases. It's constantly changing. To go backward in time would be to recreate that a precise hologram at the moment of that memory. And the fact that you have two brains that form a cavitation process, just like our galaxy has a white hole and a black hole, we have two brains. And it's an interesting way to say how we are functioning in the moment. And so time and space aren't real. Yes. They're subsets of something more. And that's why we use now today are more interested in such things as holographic universes. <clears throat> we can do things in those kinds of universes that are not possible in a quantum. Just, that's what yes. I discovered at that one moment in 1964. And that led me to this moment of passing that thought on to you archetypally. What I'm going to try to say is nothing is original. It is part of what makes us human. And that's why when somebody wins a Nobel Prize, there's always someone else in the universe, somewhere else in the universe, that is thinking the same thought at that moment because it's part and parcel of what being human means archetypally. Yeah, your thoughts are and not your own. That's right. And so now you do not have a right. You have a responsibility for the thoughts you choose to entertain. You know, we just jumped around all over the place, but since we are on this page here, that reminds well, me. Well, uh, jumping around okay. is circular in the way I yes. try to come in at the whole nature of what imagination is and what it is not. And once you realize that you're not going to be able to link the curtain with it, you know, using time and space, now where do you go? You have to figure out a model that will allow you access to variables that are repeatable and reproducible. That's the scientific method thing where you start with definitions and assume truths. You know, when people don't realize this, but the very fact that we are now assuming that space is curved using some limited mathematics, I can prove the Earth's flat. It's not, but because I'm assuming that space is curved, I can prove mathematically that it's flat. That's what these game things are all about. It's assumed truths and definitions that mess us up. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. why when you, that's what the foundation of asking the right question. Yes. And that reminded me of a question that I asked Mr. Jordan Maxwell over lunch. I had asked him if he believed in free will and he said he didn't. Well, free will would presume you had full disclosure. You don't have full disclosure. Correct. You have limited disclosure. So you, what you have is what Aleister Crowley calls true will. True will, yes. I believe right. the same that thing. That means that, the, you know, where you no longer have rights as free will, you have responsibilities for making yourself toward free will. Like Simon says, you can go to the door. Free will is not the goal because it's a process. Oh, yes. 
I, <laughs> I, I thought I'd tie you up in a knot with that one, man. <laughs> well, it made me, it, you, you, you reminded me of my times back in 2006 when I had talked to a satanic priest here in my town. Um, I didn't know, I didn't know it at the time that that's what he was into, but, um, he was, and we never really talked too much about it, but he helped me think about a lot of different things. He, he's kind of the one who, um, was telling me a lot about mushrooms and dimethyltryptamine. And, <laughs> Drugs. Right. You know, I have a friend that has actually written a book called, uh, what is it called? Psychedelic Healing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neil Goldsmith. That guy is saying that 22nd century medicines are all going to be psychedelics. The neurotransmitters that we normally would consider, you know, like N, N hyphen dimethyltryptamine. Right, right. That's going to be a medicine. Well, that it, it regenerates nerve yeah. tissue, for example. It's already being used today to treat people with PTSD and um, people with uh, alcoholism. Yeah, Stanislav Grof, others are using. Um, it's the, not standard, the, the, though. That's a, yeah. a process, though, yes. It's uh-huh. not standard yet, but it will be eventually. Well, Ibogaine, even Ibogaine stops all forms of addiction with one single use. And yet, it's not a site-selective molecule. It'll even approach gambling and spousal abuse as habitual habit things that will stop that nonsense. And um, originally, it comes from a rare vine called the iboga plant. Right. And ibogaine is the chemistry that is used in initiations and rituals with uh, Amazon groups called Buidi of the Thang. And, uh, it's, they, you, you, they use it to make you a man. Going from being a child to a man, right. it is the ceremony and initiation. It's a rite of passage. And they say the bleeding mm-hmm. sews up only twice in your life when you become a man. And at the second time is at the moment of your death. Yes. It's a terrible, terrible drug. However, I watched them take a 20 year IV user, uh, Amsterdam, off Amsterdam Park, you know, Latoff did a study, and uh, this guy went through 30 hours of nightmares in clinical application. It has to be done clinically. If it isn't done clinically, uh, it doesn't really work well, and there's a near chance of death and or going psychotic. It's that bad a deal. And so you have to have guided people there, clinical of application. Right. But this guy, at the end of 30 hours, will not have any kind of withdrawal from heroin. He is lights up a cigarette to talk about it and looks at the cigarette and, oh, guess what? He doesn't smoke anymore. That's right. It works that efficiently. Right. And for the 80% that it works the first time, the people that if they fall back off the wagon, a second dose of it catches the next 80%, which means you're now going into two sigma in your efficiency of this is a way to affect, effectively reduce all forms of addiction. And nobody knows how it works. Uh, the French have proposed a PGO wave in the occipital region of the cerebral cortex as the boot up or config cyst file that you do every morning when you brush your teeth and you flush your toilet and you do your little rituals in the morning of waking up. And we all of us have these rituals, and that's what defines our addictions. And if you start at that place to change things, that's how you change 
addictions or taking it where it becomes uh, Sherlock Holmes's seven and a half percent solution, you know, where he's not addicted as much as he's uh, more like a, a tool for escape or blow up. Right. Leary actually in his Bordeaux Fidel book, uh, Varieties of Psychedelic Experience, says that the Buddhists have four reasons for getting high and only one is for escape and recreation. And so there are three other reasons that are used to achieve higher states of consciousness. And these are tools for basically jump-starting the brain's own production. I agree. And most of all yes. of these are right out of the gate. You can, you can do the dimethyltryptamine. You can do the chill just by thinking about it. That's true. And everybody's a little different in the way they do it. But everybody can do it right out of the gate. How does that work? And I find it really interesting that that complex molecule is found in the most commonest of plants, crabgrass. Yeah, I mean, it's grass. everywhere. It's like not so much a chemistry as it is a delivery system from God. You could extract it from a blade of grass. Yeah, right. that's correct. It's really interesting, and it's, it's everywhere. Uh, yeah. I have actually done that. I have written even a book on that. I'll send you a copy if you'd like to post it. It's not in print, but I believe there it is. How to do it? I, I, I grew that crystal for ten. Yes, I, that five I, and a half pound crystal. I did that <laughs> with a hood and some other things. Yes, just using crabgrass. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I had a friend who knew another friend who was a chemist himself, and he was using frogs, and that's a whole another ball game. Uh-oh. Yeah, Did well, I... being a cook is just part of being the creepy man I am. I've always been interested in using altered states as tools in a toolbox. Well, that's what and they're it's for. It's my opinion yeah. that that is the evolution of consciousness. When we no longer fear them, like tweaking and paranoia at opposite ends of each other, one's a Ford hammer. And the other's a ball peen hammer, and they have specific uses and overuses when you misuse them in, in correct sequence. That's correct. And what I'm yes. going to try to say is, once you start to master the altered states, there are tribes, Aborigines, others that are in some ways more aware of their environment than we are, like the Hopi, others, that would say the conscious waking state is more of a dream than lucid dreaming or certain specific dream states that you do at night. Now, that is also something I have found to be true. For example, to experience the American dream, one must first be asleep. Exactly, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man, I don't know what this what's happening in the universe out there, but this is no longer the country I served and protected. It's crazy. It really is. It really is. And and uh, I wouldn't want to be your age. Oh, man. And think about kids, the teenagers, what they must have to go through and the limitations of their education oh, done yes. with intent so that oh, they have no goodness, clue. Yes. It's really horrible, the, the school, the public school systems and just the way everything in general is working out here in uh, the United States of America. Everyone well, now, see. now, now, it's everywhere, actually. It's and worldwide, with, with yes. The flame of the dollar, watch what's going to happen next. Right. And you, you know, know, when that hits a brick wall mm -hmm. and the EU banks are now European, 
union is failing across the board now. More mock tanks have gone down. That's Hedge, uh, Hedge uh, uh, and several other people that are writing about that. It's like serious. And so I'm going to suggest bitcoins and pieces of silver because uh, you're going to need to vote with something. And at least silver, I can use that in my go bag as colloidal silver for an antibiotic substitute. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I'm trying to be practical here. Right. I, I don't get it. <laughs> yes. You, you know, Richard, or Rick, rather, uh, I know you like being called a Rick instead. Um, what's been going on with your home state there? People are constantly protesting there, and things are always um, pretty violent out there, especially in Portland. Well, you know, welcome to Low Life Central. What is it's, going on? Uh, nobody's got any money, so everybody's broke. Well, that puts in a certain mentat right out of the gate for drugs and alcohol and spousal abuse right out of the gate. And then we have paramilitary skinheads and we had like that kid that was killed up in portland uh knifed in the throat and killed that yes, was solution yes. uh at that kid i mentored him for six years before he went to reed college his mother i've known her 37 years and it was a stage thing because even skinheads are not condoning his behavior it's uh and the guy was staged because he had hit a woman that day before and got maced in the face, and a week earlier was causing trouble and pulled a knife on people. So why was he out on the streets? Yeah, there's a lot of, that's called Portland Decoded, and there's games, things like that that are going on that are false flags. Did Sandy Hook happen? How about Judy Wood? And they're trying to criticize her because she's referencing the Hutchinson effect for her energy beam weapon. When, in fact, she's not a scientist, but everybody knows when that 617-foot beam fell, it fell in free fall, and right in front of everybody dissolved into vapor. There was no seismograph when it hit the ground. Bump. Nothing. It was gone because it vaporized. And there's only one thing in the universe, in physics, that will do that, and that's a plasma. And so something else happened there, and nobody's coming clean. Everybody knows it, and everybody knows that Sandy Hook didn't really happen. But do you think they're going to let uh, NBC interview Alex Jones in that regard and give Alex Jones credibility? No. And so we have him being sued by the parents of children that died as Andy Hook. And you know what? It's all staged. It's not real. You know, I just and had a... I, well, mm-hmm. and none of it is. I, yeah, I had a guest on uh, talking about that, James Fetzer, professor, and we went over that, and lots of people think it happened. Lots of people don't think it happened. It's it's one of those How things. could it happen? When you, uh, the, <laughs> I just in recent days on my Facebook at docram.com posted brand new evidence that's discrediting Judy Wood and then I discredit that one and back and forth. Basically it was a tactical nuke. A nuke came from, uh, it's a, a fullerene, it's a neutron fullerene fusion bomb and it's ignited by Lockheed's teleportation laser and a trigger mechanism from Carnegie Mellon. And there it is, just like that. And uh, it, the Mossad gave it to the United States. The Mossad did not do 9-11, but they knew about it. 
and they're tactically, they're using that all over Gaza and Golan Heights, and now Russia just let one off up in the northern part of Russia, experimenting. And the creepy part is that it's like a fuller rain that if you use exclusion zone water, it's a best antioxidant for radiation sickness in the world. And yet, instead of using exclusion zone water, if you use deuterium, that's the other side of the knife. Now you have a weapon that is a controlled thermonuclear fusion bomb with a precision of 1.4 nanometers. That's the level of accuracy. This is uh, weapons that the public has no idea about. By the way, there is a... And they're already being deployed everywhere. By the way, there is a photo that had been released recently of someone exiting the World Trade Center building, I think building seven, I'm not quite sure, wearing a radiation hood. I'm not sure if you've seen that photo yet. No, I haven't seen any of that. Who knows? It's all photoshopped and so disorganized with clouding the waters so that the probability is we will probably never really ever know what happened. Because there'll be so many conflicting arguments that you don't know what to think. And so you take sides. But it still isn't, like, literal. Nobody's going to come clean. I don't think so either. I posted uh, uh, an interview that Ron Paul did with Snowden on that uh, yesterday. And that's an interesting interview. Ron Paul interviewing Snowden on on what the problems are right now with our media. Ah, that ought to open some eyes. But, again, nobody really knows because it's (laughs) the news is owned by an alternative news being bought out, paid, you know. They're owned by, yeah, Yeah. it's all the same faces, same people. Right. Yeah. It's unfortunate, really. Yeah, well, that's because it isn't going to be on the outside. It's going to be on the inside where the truth lies. You know how you feel about something inside. That's where it lies. Correct, that's yes. where truth really is. It's not in the written word. It's in the response, your response to the written word. And your response can be quite different than mine. And that's God's will. But I'll tell you what I do know. I, I it, You know, I don't find answers out there. I find them inside here. Oh, that's where they are, yes. They lie from within. And that brings me to my my next order of business here with you, uh, Rick. There was a certain issue of High Times Magazine proposing the question that the government fund research into growing cannabis in outer space. <laughs> let's take yeah. a yeah, let's take a stroll back in time to February nineteen ninety two when this was published first. Yeah, that was 20 years later. Um, Tom, I did that in uh, in 1970, working under Art Pilgrim at Lunar Base Alpha One, which was in South Park, at the south end of Boeing Field. And uh, later, it got moved. That hydroponic system uh, got moved to Kent and became the Space Center. But Lunar Base Alpha One started in the Boeing Scientific Research Laboratories in South Park, and uh, Art Pilgrim. Uh, had set up this really incredible, uh, it had, it was originally called New Galilee's Garden, came out of Redmond, and then they moved it to South Park, and we started doing a marijuana studies as one of the six plants that we worked with. And during that period, we worked with tissue culture and germplasm, primarily with indica, which was more suited for high energy physics and outer space, 
light kinds of things that we would have. And I made some interesting discoveries. For example, there used to be, when I was a kid, Acapulco gold. Right. And what that was out of Humboldt, what they would do is they'd find this one bud, number 74, and they would cover it with a black muslin bag about two weeks before they harvested the bud to stress the plant of chlorophyll. And what that did turned it white, gold. Oh, and yes. It shocked the plant. Yeah, they called it because it didn't have chlorophyll, and it stressed the plant and changed the tumble of cannabinoids. And the way I did it in the laboratory is I hit it with a xenon Chrysophon tube uh, three times over a two-day period for 10 seconds as a microwave band, and I seared the first epidural layer of the plant, turning it white, we would blow carbon dioxide across it, and if you don't think we made some science fiction weed out of that man, <laughs> <laughs> my goodness, that was the old days, 1970, and then we had a mother block called Sammamish Slough, and let me tell you about it, the Emerald Cups never dreamed of anything like this man. I had a plant that was seven years old, and it was oh maybe a stock. It was up about two and a half, almost three feet high. Jeez. Maybe, no, the diameter was indica. This is indica now, yeah. It was maybe uh, four inches. And we would we would uh, put maybe 200 buds and uh, splicing them into the root so it takes on the genetics of the nether block. You know, you'd have normal pot growing somewhere else, and then if you took the bud and, you know, spliced it into the mother block, it changed the genetics and made the bud different. <laughs> and that's the way we did it back in 1970. And so... The good old uh, days. We, yeah. Well, nobody even understands that technology anymore. It, you know, that it's kind of been lost. There was a website called overgrow.com. It had a, a tremendous amount of different growers out there, and it was a great place to get re, uh, lots of information and yeah, resources. Yeah, you can and, go to the Sensi Seed Bank in Amsterdam. Yeah, and those still a, exist. Yeah, that exists. There's yeah. there's lots of seed banks out there that operate online, yeah. and you know the way you told mm-hmm. a good seed was that it was bigger than normal and had white spots on it. Speaking of which, <laughs> there was a gentleman by the name of Mark Emery. He's a Canadian fellow who was selling seeds in the United States, and he got busted for many years. So marijuana, uh, like, um, what do you call it, the, the seed, like uh, opium poppy, did not have opiates in it. And so you could, quote, grow it as an ornamental, if you did certain things to it so that you weren't going for the poppy, uh, opiates. Uh, and then we right. moved on to lettuce and found that all lettuce has that white sap in it called lactinum, which is an opiate, and why eating salads with lettuce in it are not good for your digestive system because it coats the stomach from digesting. So I, whenever I order a salad now, I always say I'd like to have a salad, hold the lettuce. <laughs> Well, you can have other yeah. greens. I mean, well, yeah, yeah. Hard and, yeah. I didn't know but, that, and, and nuts and berries and whatever, making a salad, you know, something that's different than just lettuce. Right. Uh, because lettuce is actually not a good thing to eat. Hmm, it's not a good thing to eat. No, because it has lactin in it. Lettuce opium. It'll coat your stomach. It inhibits digestion. 
It's probably why a lot of people get sick when these. That's why kombucha and eating uh, fermented foods is always a good place to start the digestive processes and why the Japanese in their rituals always serve kimchi or something related that has been crowded, so, you know, sauerkrauted, so that it starts the digestive processes and the alkaloids, alkalines, excuse me. And, uh, the, and that's, you know, that's just diet things, you know, that people, the general information people should know about. Right. And speaking of these um, issues here, let's talk about the failed war on drugs of uh, that term, which was our government's campaign of prohibition of drugs and, of course, military intervention. And it, it's really, really, really strange once you look into all the history of all this when you well, see that our... Madness and the right. uniform control substance. That goes, back, yeah. yeah, that goes even further back. But I was more, more or less talking about Ronald Reagan's um, whole. Well, deal before there. Reagan, I remember when Reagan, shaking with his palsy, would say, "If you've seen one redwood, you've seen them all." And yeah, how did mm-hmm. that? How did that? Uh, uh, Templar looking overlooking the little village in the 14th century with his hordes behind him, and he said. Kill them all. Let God sort out his own. Yeah, I, <laughs> I lived through all of that, man. You sure uh, did. I mean, those are the mentalities of what we now call the most important man in the world, the United States president. And it's kind of scary when you realize the options that we've been given in the last few elections for whom we get to select to be our most scholarly and morally correct. How does that work? <laughs> they're not, all a bunch they're, of criminals. They're all criminals, yeah. Yeah, Putin, mm-hmm. Putin is the third richest man in the world. They say he's terrible, you know, as a, as a, as a criminal ripping off Russia. And yet Putin has done more for Russia than any of their leaders in their history in terms of giving it back to Russia. When he came to the United Nations and he said, you want to come to Russia and be a Russian? You speak Russian. (laughs) And it worked. Everybody got it. That is what Trump is about now. He's a criminal, salting his own pockets. He's as bad as Clinton is. However, he's a nationalist. And so he's for America. And so what will happen next is that they'll either try to impeach him discredit him, or make an attempt on his life. And when they do that, there will be civil war, and that will be plan B for Agenda 21. When the United States fragments into smaller provinces, it's much easier to rule. It seems like that's what people were trying to push for, like a civil uprising. It seems like... Yeah, except that just makes us easier to control. And so it's all part of their big plan with Agenda 21. We're doomed. And the only thing that's going to save us is the end of days and the fact that there's not much anybody can do about what's happening to the sun and how it's affecting our weather on Earth. And you can do all the geoengineering you want. It isn't going to stop the inevitable. And there will be blood. And it will play. But it is... An opportunity for change. Yes, and another thing I did want to mention here was your experience with the paranormal. Growing up, did you ever experience anything that would be considered in the realms 
of uh, paranormal. Well, you know, my mom and grandma were famous psychics that worked for the police force, Seattle Police Department. They would find bodies and things like that. That was in the 30s. And Ryan, Dr. Ryan went through and tested, mom tested, my grandma tested real high in, in clairvoyance and all of that. And so in the 50s, when I was a little kid, they came through and tested the children of famous psychics. And uh, I ended up in a thing in Durham, North Carolina called the Foundation for the Study of Man, a place for kids. Back then, they didn't take the children away from the parents. If the child didn't want to be there, the child didn't have to be there, and I didn't want to be there, and so I was able to be released back to my folks and later taking LSD. <laughs> but that was in the earliest when I was, you know, 10 and 12. They came through and tested us, and I had certain telepathic abilities, which means I can take my thoughts and place them elsewhere. I'm really good at that, and that's what I'm doing now, trying to help uh, I don't know how to mediate this mess that everybody's in, trying to figure out what's real and not real. I don't know either. But what I am going to do is try to give you the straight shots from what I do know and what I have experienced, and you can figure it out for yourself. And I'm just part of the body of man trying one more step for mankind. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. And also you were... Um, if I recall correctly, you were also in contact with Edgar Mitchell. I did. I met Ed, Ed Mitchell in 1970 in New York. My mentor, Dr. Stanley Krippner, introduced me to him, uh, uh, Theodore Pierkos, and uh, James Hurtak. And I then in, was at Mission Control in 71 uh, uh, to do the ESP studies with Ed Mitchell and James Hurtak. And then in 72... I got to debrief Dr. Milan Riesel from Czechoslovakia when he defected here, and that led to my ESP book and the first protocols I used for Navy SEALs. Yeah. Basically, the way the first team was chosen was how well they tested with ESP. We wanted our team to be intuitive. It's interesting that you say that. I believe I'm highly intuitive myself, and any time I've ever not trusted my intuition, I have gone physically hurt. It's like your, your intuition is a future timeline talking to your moment. And yeah. if you listen, you know, it'll lay like six things in front of you, and all of a sudden one of them will leap out as important to you. And when it does, that is your future talking to you. And if you listen to that and are able to somehow integrate that, it changes, literally changes your past. It's a cavitation process into the out of. By the way, you have that, um, what was it called? Work tools, right? Power tools for Power the 21st tools. century With... was the second book in the series. That's yes. correct. And you go over and it ESP. And a couple of workbooks that go with it. Yeah. Yeah. And you cover ESP, correct? You have, um, some. Uh, ESP is the first samples. book in the series. That was the first protocol for Navy SEALs. And then power tools are the eight protocols for Navy SEALs that made them so-called super soldiers, whatever. And then the one I'm writing right now, the third in the series, and I'm almost finished with it, is called The Non-Local Mind in a Holographic Universe, or How to Change the Movie. Yes, and that also reminds me of Timothy Leary's Eight Worlds of Consciousness. Well, I use, I use his, his, um, 
his hierarchy of neurotransmitters, yeah, neurologic circuits, as my Lieber thing like Crowley did Lieber 37 or something right. like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm using, and so every chapter now from things that I write will have eight chapters. And each one will be in relationship to the previous chapter as a secondary level of information, like water to fire. And it's a metaphor for how to use the book with more than what's written in the book. And that's because a power tool is when you take two things that are super tools and you enhance each one by synergy, by putting them together. When you take cordyceps, for example, and mix it with transfer factor, you now have an antibiotic substitute. Which is remarkable. So using sound and heart rates and things like that, where you're, you know, dealing with elements with several elements. If you, I could have just as easily written chapter one instead of cordyceps and, and, uh, I could have just as easily used pyrolytic clay and blue green algae. Yes, and you also. And the two of them work in symbiosis to each other as a power tool when you use more than one thing in combination. Like that was, makes a difference between what the Germans call standardized extract where you have a target chemistry, or you work with full spectrum. And the metaphor I use on that is aspen. When you work with aspen leaf and bark, you not only get your acetosalicylic acid, you get unrelated uh, unrelated buffers that are unrelated chemistries, but somehow have been put in that plant so that they're better metabolized using it as a medicine. Now, how that works and why that works like that, I have no idea. <laughs> yes, of course. It's, it's just... But, but it mm-hmm. is the way I've oriented my work is in, you know, combinations. And I use the I Ching as a, because it's also 64 in the hexagram off eight. Yes. And then it's, it's arbitrary the way I break my scale. I just chose eight, but that's weary, you know, neurologic circuits. So it's an arbitrary thing and it works out that you can do tarot cards. The tree of life, you know, eating, they all fall in to that pattern of sacred geometry. I was just about to say that. It's, it's a very unusual pattern to see. And also, of course, the diamond body, you mentioned that before, uh, in relationship between numbers and archetypes. And it, it's all fascinating stuff, really. There is something else going on, and we're just now in the 21st century. So we, we including me, are still chasing our tails. <laughs> it really does seem like that, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, stay tuned. You, hopefully, will take my work and write your own book and move mankind even forward further. I hope so. You know, I am planning to write my own book. And, you know, you are someone of, of influence to me, no doubt. So that's what I want to do. I just want to be another footprint. And I I respect you for that. It's it, You've done a tremendous job with all the material you've brought forth. I'll, I give yeah, you your know, quality of voice is starting to get to the point where I can barely understand you. I know you're on a on a cell, probably. Where are you on Mars? I, I think I'm in Jupiter. <laughs> yeah, really, it's cool. I I noticed that the quality of my transmissions get worse and worse. I'm up on top of a mountain and I have a very poor uplink. Signal. Yeah, um, maybe 520 kilowatts. <laughs> Sometimes it's up over 580, but mostly it's down around 520. 
So I'm just, you know, awful. By the way, did you see, well, I know you saw it, but you saw the film Stargate, correct? Yes. That movie still, it still lives up to, it still lives up to the test of time, to be honest with you. It's it's amazing. (laughs) It still has the Fermi Labs with, with CERN. You know, on a Chicago farming a white and black hole for a tunnel that was going to try to do a stargate between CERN and Chicago with Fermilabs. And you can do all your Mandala effects that you'd like, but the Fermilabs have been Sandia and in that location for a long, long, long time. I don't know why the new kids want to leap off and think timelines are being changed. <laughs> you know, oh, no. when in fact, how it works, Luke, I am your father, or I am your father, Luke, yeah, had to deal with uh, DC Comics and uh, Star Wars Comics varying from the manga from the movie. <laughs> oh, yes. Nobody ever thought of that, huh? But that's where it changed. And there's your Mandela effect. Good luck. The Mandela effect, yes. Is that something that you've been talking about? I do that in Chapter 7 as part of time travel and the true nature of cavitation. Everyone yes. loves the Mandela effect, by the way, a very well, popular phenomenon. Well, all they want to is just a bunch of poor memories and that's what I, Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's kind of what I've been saying, but some people truly believe well, in it. Well, they can go and say to you, it's flat. Good luck with that, man. You're going to have a shipwreck shortly. And how is it that I... You know, can, can't reach far enough to scratch my own back. What was that? Sorry. Uh, I, I could barely well, hear you. Well, being a flat earth, theoretically, I should be able to reach over and scratch my own back. <laughs> I see, yes. Well, I, you know, I brought in a... the auto, like Alan Dean Foster. There, I'm now going metaphor after metaphor. We'll see how many people can catch them all. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you, we have been mentioning time travel here. Let, let's get into that a, a bit here. And that does remind me of another strange encounter I had back in 2011. Before I even did this show, I was in contact with some gentleman named Alfred. Who knows if that was really his real name, but he told me he was a part of Project Pegasus and he was going to be a guest here on on the show many moons ago, but he had told me that he had lung cancer and and then, you know, Time passed by, days turned into weeks, and weeks turned into months, and that was, I, I have to assume, that was, that was, um, that was the end of our, our communication. I don't know what exactly happened to him, but we talked a lot you about- You died! That, well, yeah. Ultimately, <laughs> I'm know, thinking like, that's like what happened. Like, taking him back, back home, you know, phone home, like E.T. wants to do, phone home. Who knows? David Bowie did it perfectly. And when he did his movie, The Man Who Fell to Earth, and he takes at the end of the, the movie, he takes Earth. the contact out of his eye to show the woman he's an alien. You know, that movie was one year before Frank Herbert did Dune. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, David Bowie. There it is, read it and weep. And then uh, Mick Jagger did Performance. Oh, man. With Harry Potter's, what a movie Mick that Jagger. was. I mean, people forget that there's been some real interesting, and all starts with imagination and being 2,000 light years from home. Yeah, that reminds me of the Philadelphia Experiment, also known as Project Rainbow. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And Annie Lennox, by the way, 
is a female David Bowie. And, and David Byrne, oh man, you know, there are some artists out there that, uh, Frank Zappa, I mean, that are beyond. I, uh, went to a concert. I, I work at the Brit. And so I'm going to do Diana Krall and, uh, Stephen Stills is playing with, uh, Carol, uh, where is it? Uh, oh, I forget what her name is. Uh, but the, I did Taj Mahal and Keb Moe last week. And now there was a concert. By the way, speaking of, out. yeah, and by the way, I'm sorry to cut you off, but that reminds me, there's going to be more protesting going on at some event in Portland called the Freedom March during uh, the Waterfront Blues Festival. Does that ring any bells to you? No, I know something's going on in, up in Portland. Who knows how much of it's staged and how much of it's real? Yeah, sadly, that's that's what it comes down to. That's how it comes down. Right. And when Talishan got killed, you know, that one guy that was a war hero ended up stealing that guy's diamond ring and then went through his wallet and was using his credit card? Oh, God, really? Yeah. That's not good. Taking advantage of the situation. What's wrong with America anymore? People lost their minds. Yeah. And values. And values, and yeah. That's the difference, like I said, between ethics and morals. And the truth lies inside. It's not out there. Like Molnar originally said, the truth is not out there. The truth is inside you. Yes. That's where you're going to find your answers. Yes. And uh, another random question here for you is what kind of music are you listening to nowadays? Uh, has it changed at all? Yeah, I uh, like Dead Can Dance. I like uh, some of the electronic music. You know, I, I do like Pink Floyd and Tangerine Dream. Wait, you like I some of these? Those are my old standbys. You, you like some of the electronic music nowadays? I do. I still go back to Margalope and Cecil, who started the whole thing. Tano's expanding headband. <laughs> yeah, I'm that old. Very cool. Yeah. Understood, understood. Yeah, I'm just curious because, you know, I like playing music. I like classical music. That's my big classical thing at the music? concerts okay. now is orchestra. And okay. when the new conductor will do something with Indian, American Indian chanting and classical music on the rim of Crater Lake for the echo and feedback system, I have to tell you we're experimenting with new concepts in music. And when Jean-Luc Ponty comes out and starts playing with Bella Fleck and Charlie Clark, it's a whole new level of jazz. Oh, my. Yes. Yeah. That's the kind of music I like. Classical and jazz. Nice. Okay. Well, I could play, I could play some of that after the show wraps up. I, I just like to ask different guests what, what they like to hear. Oh, well, uh, you know, mm -hmm. Dead Can Dance has one called Requiem. And watch that video with Dead Can Dance. He, the, the male singer is like a, a, a young Jim Morrison and the woman sings through her nose India style. And it's exceptional world music. Wow. I like that kind of advancement. And Dead Can Dance have been around a long time. How about Yasu Yindi and uh, the jazz of uh, the, the Aborigines from Australia? They got they got ashes painted all over their face, and they start out with didgeridoos and their standard, you know, uh, blows of traditional music, and they go right down into rock and roll. <laughs> I love it, man. That's cool. 
Yeah. yeah. So, Yahoo, Yendi. Mm-hmm. They were like uh, Men at Work, another group from Australia that was really good until they got into drugs. <laughs> until they got I into drugs. I liked George years ago. I used to like that kind of stuff. But I was basically, uh, I don't know, like Diana Crawl. Some of the new stuff now, I, I love it. Huey Lewis in the news is going to be playing out here. So we have, you know, older bands. It's kind of cool. Sitting in the Redwoods, in the round, outside, you bring your own alcohol. And I've been working there now as a volunteer for 18 years at the Brit. It's in Jacksonville. Small theater, uh, really exceptional sound. And uh, I remember when Mark Knopfler, I met Mark Knopfler a couple of years back. He had some of my books. He liked my hat. And we got to know each other. Oh and yes, your hat. Said, your hat, by the way. I I must I must stop you now and tell you I love your hat, by the way. <laughs> My hat. It's, it's the a, best. It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a signature, yeah. That. But he said all the top bands in Europe, if they can, they like to open at the Brit because of the ambiance and the uh, and the and the yeah. Mm. It's not about money. Would they go to Portland to do that? You know, the big, right. big concert home. Yeah. But, you know, Steve Miller uh, was playing and... Uh, That's cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Um, Heart Sisters. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah you know, Rock and roll. Yeah. But the classical that we have, the classical that we have, the 120 band members that have been playing more than 20 years together with each other are better than Vienna. And, uh, or Prague. And, uh, we're very, very blessed with some of the finest. And when, uh, uh, oh, I don't know, Talking Heads, what's his name? David Byrne uh, is going to play. He will come a week early and do camp with the high school and teach hmm. kids locally his music. And so they, oh, nice we have a lot of gifted musicians here because of the entertainers coming through a week early hanging out with the high schools and teaching camp. Very cool, very cool. And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And mo- moving along here, um I, I was going to ask you about uh aliens uh, before we talking uh, talk a little bit about geoengineering. Um what exactly is your opinion on extraterrestrials? Have they been visiting planet Earth since the dawn of time? I think we've we've been invaded. You think we've been invaded? Yes. And I find it interesting that the latest research looking for aliens is down into yeast molds. They're small. Mm. And I find it interesting, yeah, it's I a see. little different than uh, the engineers out of Prometheus. And I'm, I'm going to, we have Nephilim. We have all kinds of different kinds of aliens. We call it the Nephilim running around now to here now is Nephilim, Bigfoot. Yeah. Bigfoot. Yeah, and, Bigfoot's yeah, a Nephilim. And, well, and, and the Anunnaki are the skulls that they're finding down in Peru, the extended heads, like a bishop head. Did you? Brains. And then Lloyd Pye's mm. Ant-Man looked like a small gray, 1860s. Uh, we have been invaded by something, and I'm not sure what geoengineering really is, but I have this awful feeling that we're all being fooled, including the two percenters that think they're doing something and not letting the public know what it's about. I think it's happening right in front of all of our eyes because the weather's changing and it's getting creepier. It really every is. Day. It really is getting creepy. And going back to what you were mentioning about 
um, Peru. There was a strange alien that came out, a, a mummified humanoid with an elongated skull. Yeah, that's uh, that? that that's the Anunnaki down in Peru. Those they have, uh, and uh, that's another bloodline. And those those aliens, like the giants, uh, existed during the Anastasi and uh, in New Mexico. Uh, they were cannibals, and I'm guessing uh, food was limited, and the larger hunted the smaller, kind of like orca hunting dolphin. I food see. chain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, by the way, did and, you? By the way, have you ever seen anything in the skies out there in Oregon? What do you mean? You know, like a a UFO. Oh yeah. You see that? There's often all out there? kinds of creepy things out here. We have life forms, <laughs> werewolves in Wolf Creek. We have shapeshifters. Uh, there's a whole series of different alternative lives, uh, life forms that I have no idea what's going on. And of course, just south of me, uh, in the big mountain down there, what is that, uh, uh, Mount, uh, not Mount McLaughlin, what is it? The, the one in California that all the UFO people go to, right? You know, it's all hooey because most everything that you would see as a UFO is either American, uh, reverse engineered Boeing. Correct. Has a magnetic monopole craft now that they're experimenting with. In fact, they've had that for some time. And so when you see a UFO, the likelihood is it's not what you think it is. It's, it's an alien craft, but probably manned by human. Yeah, it's probably one of ours. Well, or one of theirs experimentally reverse engineered into ours. Sure. Whatever. Yeah, I have no idea. I do know there's more going on in that arena with the secret space program and where did all the beef go? Yeah, and that that's another order. Where's the beef? Yeah, I mean, all this money and all of a sudden it's all gone. Where did it go? So you believe there's something else going on. We have people down here like Carol Rosen that talk about that in the secret space program. Mm -hmm. She worked with Von Braun, others. I don't know. My area of expertise was paranormal. Paranormal. That area, I I saw things, you know, so I know. (laughs) If you can imagine it, it's probably true and more, actually. You know, let's explore that realm really quickly, paranormal. Um, You're not a religious person, are you? Um, I go to church every, every Sunday, but I go to a different church every Sunday because I see church as fellowship and I like to play baseball uh-huh. and I'm interested in the message that the minister might want to deliver that week. Understood. And they're all different. Right. And so I go to different ones. I would say to a Christian, I am in a scene that, uh, is tends toward Quakerism. And if my rifle's aimed toward you, please excuse that. It's just for my own safety. <laughs> yes. I'm uh spiritual. You're spiritual. Spirituality is not what you do, but how you do it. And that's where I find quality of life and touching something more than may occurs. And yes, I believe in God. And yes, I believe in a hierarchy of God, just like Bob Dylan. Everybody's got to serve somebody. Yes. I know that I don't know. So it's a, it's a thing called choice. That's what made us God's favored. And I do like John Lennon. I say that, uh, everything works out in the end. If things aren't working out, it's not yet the end. 
You're a very wise man. It is a way of looking at your glass as being half full over the option of it being half, half empty. empty. Right. And I agree. You have that choice. Yes. And the choice is what opens and closes different doors. I'm reminded of Hitchhiker's Guide and the computer that winds, oh, I'm so tired, I just, I'm not, oh. <laughs> you know, uh, you have a choice. And you know that it's going to, things are going to change. That is the rule. So, rather than be fearful, think of it as an opportunity. Do you believe in life after? And that's after why I write about death, right. so that people that's, don't have a fear yes. of death. And that's it's what I was, actually a kind of waking up, yeah. Yeah, and that's what I was about to ask you, um, your thoughts on the afterlife. I didn't catch that, I'm not sure. Oh, I said your your thoughts on the afterlife, I was going to ask you afterlife, about Afterlife, my mm -hmm. thoughts. Well, I have concluded, similar to my mentor, Sir Roger Penrose, that at the moment of death... There is a 3.2-ounce weight loss, and he is suggesting that is structured water in a microtubule. And that also occurs at night, every night, with certain specific dreams where you go back home and then return here. And you do that when you astral project. You go to the same place, the multiverse, when you soul travel, you know, the you know, Shabbat, where you listen to the sound current and guy at the end of the rainbow, that guy, that plays sound current, Shabbat, S-H-A-B-D, and near-death experiences, and, the ease, and yes. of course, the death. And death is when you go home. And the way Zen Gardner and others have said it is at the moment of death, you are given a choice. And you have the choice, and you can do either one. You either go down the tunnel of light with all your friends waving at you to come home, or you go into the blue light. And that is referenced in the Bordeaux Thadol, the Tibetan Book, the Tibetan of, the Book of the Dead. Yes, and yeah, and how to get off the wheel. Mm -hmm. You know, I I've been reading that book for a long time now, and I I've always found all the concepts about that fascinating. But then again, I kind of am fascinated with death. I've always loved death and anything related to it, even though I'm scared to death of death. Isn't well, then that you're into Black Sabbath and whatever, and all uh -huh. the heavy metal bands, right? Of course. I'm kidding. No, well, no. Yeah, I am There's actually. a group <laughs> called uh, Ultimate Spinach that played the hip Death Goddess, and then Velvet Underground with Nicole. Velvet Underground, yeah. And, yeah, and then it went to HP Lovecraft, and at the Mountains of Madness, the band, Great not book. the writer, yes. H.P. Lovecraft, the band, H.P. Lovecraft, yes. mm -hmm. at the Mountains of Madness. That's an interesting, that's old music. That's like 65, 66, 67. That was a foundation of lots of bands, for sure. There it is, and mm -hmm. the birds, eight miles high. Yes. And then Jimi Hendrix Jimmy came Hendrix. out on the same stage in 1967. And I didn't realize it because he went to Garfield at the time I was going to Mount Rainier. Same age I am, 73. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Very but cool. nobody ever heard of him in Seattle. It wasn't until I went to Monterey and the jazz festival there. And he came out right after the birds. <laughs> and then he changed the universe, man. Ah. That must and have been. And then there was Albert Collins and others that were like Jimi Hendrix. 
Uh, oh man, that must have been a great time know, for you. Exceptional, yeah, yeah, and you must have had a great time hanging out in parking lots too. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, you mean in rainstorms up with mud and all of it. Yeah, Sky River comes to mind. Well, the parking lot. Joplin came yeah. across the Strawberry Mountain. <laughs> the, the parking lot was always the most fun for a lot of these. A lot of these. What's that? Too. I'm not understanding. Oh, I'm, I'm saying the, the parking lot is always a, a fun attraction in its own right. Well, we always had big bonfires going, you know, we're rolling logs down a mountain onto it, you know, and, and, uh, that's, uh, was at, uh, oh, yes. one of the Sky Rivers. We always used to do the Sky Rivers. They were, uh, up here. And then, of course, the Rainbow Gathering, the Rainbow Gathering is trying to put on another big rock festival on here in Oregon. The Oregon Country Fair is an absolute must-attend one time because they used to call it Vanita Freaky. It's in Vanita. Vanita Freaky. And a bunch of old ladies making fashion statements. (laughs) (laughs) It's lovely, man. Everybody walking around with with no clothes on and paint. Oh, man. (laughs) It's like the old days. So that's going down in Oregon? Yeah, the Oregon Country Fair. Yeah, My once goodness. a year, just south of Eugene in Vanita. It is a must attend. You will never ever go to anything quite like it. I, I had a Swear. I had a friend make me a custom uh, leather bracelet from Eugene, Oregon. Good leather out there. Yeah, well, or they call it Vanita Freaky, and it's a bunch of old ladies making fashion statements. That's, that's the way I see that's it. That's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's a uh, wonderful whole week, oh, and uh, there's thousands, not hundreds, thousands of different individuals come in from all over the world to do craft and whatever. It's just very cool. That's Rainbow good. gathering. Very yeah. nice. Now yeah. let, let's let's get into geoengineering here. How does geoengineering actually work? Well. You know, I don't know who's doing what because it's a half a dozen different things. I got charged to go up to Reedsport when they deployed lithium on Reedsport to see if they could lock down a small city, and it worked. Everybody was sick. And uh, now you look up in the middle of the night, if you take your flashlight and shoot it straight up in the air, what the heck is all of that floating around in the air? There's some something strange. Well, yeah. it's your aluminum cans that you recycled. That's where they go. They're going back into the atmosphere. Back into the Creepy. atmosphere. And I have no idea why. And I just posted a uh, chemtrail bomb this morning on, on my Facebook. I, I was just, that uh, yeah. shows they're doing something else, and it's releasing some kind of weirdness. I was going like to say. nanotechnology of some kind. I have no idea. And then you go down the rabbit hole a little deeper, and you have what's called a bio-API. A site selective molecule that you breathe and it goes directly into a click at home where it belongs in the brain. And now we're going to start talking about transhumanism and uh, everybody becoming a, a telephone. By the way, I was going to say, is that what's called the chemtrail cough? Yeah, and I can barely understand you now. The quality of our, of your, of your voice has gotten very, very bad. Oh no. Well, you're talking either too close to the mic or something, maybe. Well, I have you plugged in a different route here. Um, yeah, that's a little better, maybe. A little bit better. Yeah, a little better. It's a little lighter in the in the in the tone of quality. Thank you. Very cool. Yeah. So, as you know, I, I live out here in the Imperial Valley in El Central California, 
lots of agriculture. Well, I'm certain it's all toxic now with what's floating in the air. It probably and the problem is. you guys have now is going to be about water because I, I they're no longer going to yes. pour it in. And where are you going to get it? Where are we going to get it now? Yeah. That's the I don't know what's going to happen in our future. I have concerns, and that's one of the reasons I teach people to prep. And water is item number one. You need to have at least three days of water on hand for everyone in your household, including animals. Yeah. And a backup plan on how to very replace important. it the first day, because it'll go like that. It really would. It's It's all very unusual, these times that we are living in. It's all remarkable stuff. This is a very important time in our, I guess you could say, in our history. Well, that's why you're here. You're here to witness it. How did they do it in Armageddon? Because I'm going to sit and have a front row seat and embrace the horror. <laughs> yeah. oh, I thought that was a great line. Yeah. But then he had to go save the earth. So, you know, the element guy. Yeah. It's multi-pass. <laughs> By the way, Richard. Are you working on any new books? Well, yeah, the non-local mind, and then the 15 new audio books I'm coming out with on metaphysics. Coming out of the closet as the real Doctor Strange, nice. where I'm going to suggest that as alchemy has led to chemistry, so now physics will become magic. Basically, it's advanced physics with a mystery school. You don't need to know how something works to be able to use it. Kind of like your wife and the way she drives her automobile. Oh, my. She, well, she puts the key in and turns it a certain way and has expectations of certain kinds of things to happen. Yes. That's going to be the new physics. That's going to be the new physics? The way we go about our reality like an aborigine does. So Matt Stein and I might go out into the outback, and the aborigine shows us how they find water in the in the bush. Oh, yeah. And then we take them into downtown Burbank and scale a uh, skyscraper massive climber and show them how we do it in the big city, finding water. <laughs> by the way, it's a metaphor. It's how, a metaphor. How is Matt Stein, by the way? He's good. He uh, just came back from Hawaii and is, uh, I think, either in Huntsville. I'm not sure if he's at the gun show there uh, or not. I, I'm not going to that one. It flight was too prohibitive, so I... So ah, I had to okay. sit that one out. Yeah, I haven't yeah. talked to I haven't talked to Mr. Matt Stein in a while. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's very cool. I'm glad he's in good health. Yeah, he met a woman <laughs> oh. after Josie died. He met a woman, oh. and uh, the see. woman travels with him almost everywhere, so it's all good. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'm glad he's happy. Yeah, he is. Very nice. His and, kid, uh, his son lives up just north of me, up near Roseburg. So you know, I we have a. I, I hate to <laughs> I hate to bring this up, but that reminds me of something you told me about a little girl in leukemia. In what? And uh, leukemia, you had lost someone. Oh, uh, when? I I recall seeing an email about a little girl in leukemia. Oh my God, my your, my my stepdaughter. Your yeah, stepdaughter. that's why I write. Well, what uh, it, yeah. I, you know, when I was 50 years old, I was retired and set for life. Mm -hmm. I had all money. I had hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank and property and paid for everything. And then when she got ill, of course, they took everything. You know, I had to do Ronald McDonald and Mercy Flights and the whole nine yards. 
And, uh, you know, it was $10,000 a day. Right. And she took two and a half years to die. She died when I was 60. Mm-hmm. And so I had nothing except Social Security. And so I had to rethink everything. And what I did is I started writing. And that's when I discovered that her death served a really important cause for me. It was good. Uh, in that I now have discovered that my purpose is in writing. That's what I love to do. That's what I'm meant to do. And look at what I'm writing. Yeah. I've got a nine-volume encyclopedia on alternative agriculture. I'm coming out with 15 audiobooks on metaphysics and courses I taught at Harvard. I'm writing in agriculture. I'm writing in physics. I'm writing in metaphysics. And uh, now I'm going to start writing in metric, like pathworking disciplines understood understood and going back to what we were talking about earlier and about movies I, I forgot all about this um we were talking about mushrooms and all the all these fun drugs basically and i forgot to mention uh, there's a movie being made about terrence mckenna starring jim carrey Really? Uh, yeah, Jim Carrey's yeah. gonna own no man. Yeah. What a trip that'll be. Jim Carrey. I wonder who's gonna play his brother. <laughs> well, Dennis is still alive, but he's gonna be playing Ter- Terrence. Um, you know, I interviewed his brother, Dennis McKenna, and he is. Well, yeah, he's over in Hawaii he's somewhere. A, he's yeah. a trip too, you know. Yeah, well, that's right. It's a, the two brothers, so I, I right, wonder right. who's gonna play him. If Carrey's gonna play the, you know, they did the Orchid Thief, where uh, um. Oh, what's his name? Played both both brother and himself uh, in the Orchid Thief, where one of the two brothers gets killed, and uh, that's a true story, by the way, mm. about the Seminoles mm-hmm. in Florida and making methamphetamine. <laughs> My goodness, you know, there's a big yeah. meth problem yeah. out here. Um, yeah. I, I live close yeah. to a place called the Salton Sea, and th- th- a huge meth problem out there. Yeah. Yeah, well, we use uh, out here. It's mostly bikers and the Mexican mafia. Right, but right, right. actually, Oregon is plagued with black tar heroin now. It's really bad. Ooh, really? Yeah, is that that's what's the going primary on? drug of choice, and or prescriptive opiates for pain. Oh, yeah. well, that that'll never go away. It's a serious, serious problem. Everyone and one that mm-hmm. needs addressing by everybody, not just the medical profession, in overscripting creepy drugs. Everyone pharmaceutical houses. Yeah, everyone loves their pharmaceuticals, indeed. And going back to the whole war on drugs and all of that, it seems like Jeff Sessions has been in favor of reigniting the war on drugs, which I think is. Pretty interesting, really. Well, yeah, that's Clinton. Clinton was the biggest drug dealer there was with cocaine. Well, see, the He's CIA. The one that was bringing it in. Well, the CIA are ironically our yeah. own government. They've been the biggest drug traffickers ever. We don't really need to that's, mention. That's right. We don't really that's need right. to mention the Iran Contra. Now, did you hear <laughs> that both Bayer and Monsanto are now eyeballing marijuana? Yeah, you know, I they saw want to that. Take it over. You know, I saw that too, and I also saw that there's been cases of marijuana being laced with some other, some other thing in there, getting people oh, sick. Oh, well, you know, Paraquat. That's again a Monsanto invention. These, ba- these bastards, they're trying to get everybody sick. Yeah. Well, Terrible. actually, the real money is, does not lie in medical marijuana. It ri- lies in making rope and sailcloth. Hemp. And that's hemp. Hemp, yeah. 
And that's what they're doing up here in Oregon now. They're pulling out a lot of the vineyards because the hemp is better producing per acre. Are we and still... the problem you're going to have in California right. is that you don't have the water. And you're not allowed to collect it. And that means, you know, what falls on the state of California for rain belongs to the state of California. You're illegal to capture the rain for your farming. Did you know that law? There's your moonbeam guy doing his special oh, classic no. thing with the free state of California. And that's why Oregon is called the free state of Jefferson. There's going to be some changes. My goodness. And why California will probably no longer be an agricultural state. Yeah, and that's, that's frightening. Lots of money will be lost if that happens. So I don't know what's going to happen in the ultimate war on drugs. I know that the issues remain between the federal government and state. My personal opinion is that it should not be recreational because that stops the study on on medical marijuana and its importance to things like rheumatism and other kinds of ailments, OPD. However, the real money is going to lie in making hemp because of the long fiber. It is the strongest fiber there is, which means you make rope and sailcloth out of that. It won't break by gush, by gush, gush, by gush. Can't bust them. Hemp is gone. Yeah, hemp is very important, and it had been used for everything at one time, and now not so much. Well, Reefer Madness put that silliness in when the guy started drooling while smoking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great thing. The only thing I ever saw do that was Jack Nicholson when he went, neat, 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 neat. <laughs> Don't poke out that joint, my friend. Oh, gosh. The old days and the humor involved. I'm glad to see things are happening, but you get caught with hemp or marijuana in Chicago or Texas, and you're in a world of hurt. They don't have medical marijuana out there? No. Uh, they have here in Oregon, yeah, of course. No, I mean in not Chicago. Texas, it's against the law big time. Oh, in Texas? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I would imagine. And New York and Chicago and Illinois, yeah, yeah, yeah. The federal government, uh, you know, what's happening now is they're going to try to figure out how to tax it because, like alcohol and tobacco, they're both toxic for you, but they make a lot of money. They so make a hell of a lot of money, yeah. The, the government yeah. doesn't care about your your health and your safety. Give me a break. By the way, that reminds me. Are you a fan of horror films? Of who? Of horror films. Do you, do you like? Horror, no. No. No, I get enough horror on Elm Street just in normal life. Uh-huh. <laughs> I prefer comedies. Okay, you're, you're more into comedies. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But I do sci-fi. You know, like the movie, uh, the, for, for technical correctness in sciences, you know, 2000 and Space Odyssey has always been number one. With, uh, uh, what is it that, uh, uh, interstellar, interstellar is number six for being, you know, wormholes and the way it would work. But Doctor Strange as a you love that. comic. You, you love is, Doctor is Strange. Number five in all time movies, number five for technology. Rick, you love Doctor Strange. That, that's your thing. Well, that's it. That's what I'm doing right yeah. now. I'm about to introduce a whole new concept in the sciences. 
Very cool. And it is going to involve all kinds of creepy shadow worlds with Nightmare and Gormammu and all of it. Trust me when I tell you. Mordred and the Ancient One, they're all part of the big, big movie. It's all happening. And basically what the kids are looking for today is real-life heroes, not superheroes, but people that are actually doing it, and this is how you do it. And that's why I'm going to start coming out with pathworking, because pathworking is actually even more rigorous than physics. And when I say that, it requires a tight behind to be a true magician. Being a witch, a pagan, neo-pagan, whatever, is a little easier. But to be a magician, not a sorcerer, magician takes a lot of discipline. A lot of discipline, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I understand. Oops, there goes another rubber tree. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) That works for you? It it works for me, yes. And and to almost wrap up here, um, the film Contact comes into mind. I've been reading the book. Of course, I'm not a big fan of, of the film, and Carl Sagan, I remember, didn't like the movie either. Were you a fan of the Jody movie? Jodie Foster did an un, un, unparalleled job, though. She did. And, she did. And, and that whole concept of how she met an alien by dropping through a diamond body into a moment mm-hmm. that was outside time, that is accurate. Great film. Now, I, I do want to... She put it to the children at the... Are the aliens real? And she looked at the children and said, seems like an awful waste of space yes. if they weren't. <laughs> I don't want to be out here alone. Yes, and I, I do want to tell you that we are wrapping up here, and I, I want to let you plug your website. But see, the thing is, oh. your website is, is, you know, it's down... And I no, mine's not down. It's not down. <laughs> I just oh. moved mine to a secure server, so everything is in lockdown, and okay. you can order safely at oh, okay. richardallenmiller.com, A-L-A-N, richardallenmiller.com, or you can go to Doc, D-O-C-R-A-M, Doc Ram, which is my Facebook, and my publishing house is at oak-publishing.com, and that will lead you to my shop, and where you can buy books. If you're having trouble overseas, then I'm doing ebooks as well for download. The website is back up, by the way. I yours is good yeah, for I just you. Checked good. it. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, I was, I was concerned. You might want to find out why it was down. That's kind of curious. Yeah, I'll check into that right now. But I was concerned. Yeah, let me know what that was. I'd be interested. I'll let you know. I was concerned about your website and how people no, can good. buy your books. But yeah, okay. yeah, no, no, no. We're I set. have, uh, I have uh, good. Tech support uh, with Russ and others, and I'm very blessed to kind of have the friends I do. I'm really lucky. Wonderful, wonderful. Now, I do want to leave you with the final word, however. Go ahead and, and give us some words of advice, some positive vibrations here. Well, I don't know where to begin. I hadn't thought about a recap of everything. I would simply say that you are you have to be responsible now for the thoughts you choose to entertain. It doesn't matter whether they came from you or outside you, mind control, whatever. You can dismiss them just like you can. And it's why all saints in history have stressed the importance of meditation and training the mind. Wonderful stuff. Always an honor and pleasure to speak to you here. And 
share the air with you, Rick. It's it's always fun, and I cool. hope, well, yeah. Nice. Whenever you'd like me back, I'm good. Yeah, That's we'll no do. Problem. Yeah, you we'll bet. do. We'll do it again. So thank you very much. I appreciate your time, and we'll touch base in the in the very near future, my friend. Talk to you later. Thank you. See you Bye-bye. on the flip side. And that was my guest, Dr. Richard Allen Miller. Wonderful guest indeed. Love that very much. Looking at the time now, it seems like it's time for a little break. After the break, I'm going to go into a few different little things here. I'm going to do the old song and dance. And of course, if you want to join in, that number is 760-332-8947. That number once again is 760-332-8947. There's the number if you want to Come on in here. You are more than free to do so. If not, that's fine, too. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. Welcome back to the program. So glad so many of you are still there. Often imitated but never duplicated, as you know. This is Michael Deacon, and we are indeed live right now on the TuneIn Radio app. Search End of Days and you'll find the 24-7 network. Also, keep note, you can find this program on YouTube. I'm sure many of you know by now. Just search End of Days or EOD Michael. And you'll find the program eventually, I promise. As I said, always so nice to see so many of you still locked in. Thank you for being here with me tonight. I do truly appreciate everyone's efforts to be here. Those in the East Coast who stay up late to listen to me, I honestly appreciate it. Those on the West Coast who are also here tonight, so much to talk about here. It's a full house. The lines are open. I'm not sure if anyone is going to join me here. I I doubt it. Everyone is scared. By the way, I just had on Dr. Richard Allen Miller. Great guest. Great guest. We went over a lot of things here. We mentioned his book, Power Tools for the 21st Century. Great stuff. Great, great stuff. I love it. If you've got something to say, definitely join in. Don't just sit there behind your keyboards. Let's Discuss whatever is on your mind here tonight. I got a few things to go over here before I wrap it up. You are invited to join in, or you can take me somewhere else, somewhere deep, deep and far away, away from all these topics that I'm going to go over right now. You could do that. It's all good. It's all good. That number is 760-332-8947. 
760-332-8947. There is the number. Go ahead and call in or contact me through Skype, end of days, Mike. That's all one word together, end of days, Mike. Letter Y and not the letter I. Now, someone had asked me via email if I ever plan to do the show while drinking. Ah, yes, I remember that. I remember. Many, many moons ago, I was supposed to do something like that. And I've never done that before here. I'm not exactly a big drinker. And, yeah, many moons ago, I mentioned doing something like that. Back when I had the unpleasant privilege to be next to underneath talent, I had talked about doing a program where I drank and did my thing. I'm not exactly ruling that idea out. I think if I do something like that, I I want all of you out there who are listening to join in. Raise your drinks in the air with me. That, That sounds like fun. Perhaps I'll advertise that live episode that way whenever I get around to doing something like that. But I would want... I'd want you guys to call in and drink with me here on air. That, that'd be fun. You're probably wondering, why would I want to do that? Well, it, it's a special occasion. It's a special occasion, folks. This show has been around six, seven months now, I believe, and the show is growing every day. It's been a hell of a year for me so far. Very proud of everyone out there, too. I know I'm not the only one who's been having an amazing journey With this, with this creative project, I know plenty of you out there are doing good things with your careers and creative projects yourself. Lots of listeners out there are truly talented. I can talk about this all day long. I really could. However, there's some serious matters to get into here. There really is. Some dark matters to get into now. Seems like there have been a number of people ripping the show, re-uploading it back onto their channel. Now, that's not something I allow without permission. I have allowed guests to uh, do that in the past. That's because in some ways, in some technical ways here, in, in some terms, they're a part of the show as well, and that show does belong to them in some strange way. So they're allowed to do that sort of thing. I have no issue with that. The issue I do have is with those who just steal I went on a mass removal spree a few days ago. I believe I happened to hit a friendly, by the way. And now I'm trying to figure out how to redact that infraction. I'm being told all sorts of different things now. Via email here, I'm seeing these pop-ups on my window. I thought I disabled that, but yeah. Some people are saying they would definitely join me if I did something like that. The whole drinking on air. Pretty wild. Pretty wild stuff. Who knows? We'll we'll see what happens. But yes, back to these dark issues, these dark matters. For those who don't know, Sean David Morton was on this program not so long ago. Sean David Morton actually skipped out on his sentencing. And of course, an arrest warrant was issued. For those who didn't hear that program, you can go to michaeldeacon.com and find it there. Or of course, uh, on YouTube, just search End of Days. Anywho, can you believe it? Sean David Morton. He's a fugitive. It's all wild stuff. I'm not exactly sure what to make of all this stuff here. And for those who don't know, it's... Let me just read this here. Los Angeles reported the following on Sean David Morton and his wife, Melissa Morton, the well-known radio show host and psychic along with his wife, Melissa Morton, was initially accused of seeking millions 
and unwarranted tax refunds believed to be a part of a complicated theory known as a straw man, which states the Americans are essentially the collateral backing for U.S. currency and can pay debts through their secret accounts. A federal jury heard the case on Tuesday and convicted the couple on all accounts. So this is really, really insane. He's in deep trouble, folks. I'm not exactly sure where on earth Mr. Sean David Morton is. And of course, Bernie Sanders and his wife under FBI investigation for bank fraud. Holy crap. Everyone is in trouble all of a sudden, right? But yes, back to Mr. Morton here. Who the hell knows where he's at? Who the hell knows? I don't know where he's at for the record. Let's be perfectly honest here. If anyone out there is listening, I don't know where he's at. His wife doesn't know where he's at. His friends don't know where he's at. He could be anywhere. But my God, multiple counts of conspiring to defraud the Eternal Revenue Service. My goodness, folks. You just don't fight them. I'm sorry. You have a really, really low percentage of actually winning. I believe taxpayers lose 86% of tax court cases, if, if I'm recalling that fact correctly, uh, if that figure correctly here. I hope I'm not just making up that figure, but I believe that's accurate. I just don't see this being a good situation for Mr. Morton. It's It's quite sad, really. I hope everything works out for him. I would hate to figure out later on that something bad happened to him. He should turn himself in and get himself a good lawyer. I believe he was representing himself in the in, in the case here. Yeah, I'm not, uh, that's not very wise, folks. I don't. I would not recommend anyone to do that. We'll find out eventually. Moving along now here, everyone's once favorite actor Johnny Depp under a lot of heat lately. Tremendous heat. However, this is not the kind of heat you you want. He, of course, has come out saying all these wild things lately. I, I wonder if he is simply just projecting now. His career has been in shambles, according to these numbers. He's not doing so well, folks. And, of course, not so long ago, he had mixed it up with his girlfriend. Do you, do you remember that? I recall there being a photo of Johnny Depp's finger after he cut off the tip. Got the tip of his finger, folks. Uh, he, he went crazy. Apparently, he's known to go on these, on, on these, um, fits of rage, rather. And of course, he used his blood to write words on the wall, accusing of his ex, Amber Heard. Do you, do you guys recall that? Amber Heard, yeah. She is an actor, obviously, for those who aren't aware. Well, he was accusing her of having a, an affair with Mr. Billy Bob Thornton. Of course, he has completely denied all, all these allegations. Of course, Johnny Depp was drunk and high on ecstasy. That's what Amber Heard was uh, claiming in court papers obtained by TMZ. My goodness, that Johnny Depp. So, you know, here we are having him say all these crazy things. The Secret Service is aware of Mr. Depp's comments. Lots of people are pretty sensitive about all these things right now. Probably not a good time to be making those sort of jokes, right? I'm wondering though, should I put, should I put Johnny in the celebrity death pool? He seems to be out of control and I don't think it, it has anything to do with politics. I think there's a deeper rooted issue here, folks. 
I also recall Anthony, um, what's that guy's name? Anthony Kumia? Is that his name? From Opie and Anthony, the radio, radio show there. He also got into it with his girlfriend. I think there's a video of that still up. Either way, it's all, it's all some, some weird shit going on, folks. Everyone is, is going crazy as you know it. You can look around. Uh, you, you can even, you can even talk to your neighbors. They're probably insane too. Everyone is losing their minds, of course. That brings me back to, brings me back to the whole YouTube thing. It, it seems like a lot of people keep ripping this show and uploading it. And the reason why I'm bringing this back up is because I got another email. Someone is begging me to bring their channel back. And um, I'm not sure I have any kind of power to actually do that sort of thing. I'll have to look into it. I, I don't really know much about that whole process of YouTube and flagging videos. I, I just want to say, if you like the show, go ahead and re... Uh, don't re-upload it, but go ahead and post links and do whatever to advertise the show, I would appreciate that instead of you going out there and just taking my material and putting it up on your channel. That's not very cool. I don't really appreciate that sort of thing. But I'm looking at the time here, folks. It seems like we have ran out of time for tonight. I do apologize. I wish I could talk a little bit longer here, but I do know that after a certain point of time, most people go away. Their attention span fades away and we are already past the two hour mark here. I want to keep this one a little bit shorter, but I do thank you guys so much for being here. Don't worry, I will return next week. And of course, that's going to be fun. As usual, these shows have been tremendous, tremendous. All the past shows have been solid, and of course, if you've missed any of those shows, you can go back to michaeldeacon.com and check those out for yourself. Now, I'll be back next Saturday night, don't worry. Same time, same bad channel, folks. I'm Michael Deacon, and this is End of Days, the Michael Deacon program. Oh, never mind, I won't leave yet. I believe there's a call here. Whoa, we had a time warp there. Are you alive? Uh, we're gonna have it. <laughs> yes. Go Stay on, Mike. Ah, well, time is is fading away slowly here. I I thought we had more time, but w what's up? W what's going on with you? How are you? Oh, pretty good. We just we want to hear your beautiful voice. That's all. But if you're tired, that's okay. Oh no, I'm not tired. I I could go on another hour. It's just I'm, I'm looking at the time, and I I know folks out there who listen back to this program. They have. ADD. Uh, so yes, I I got to understand. I, gotta, I get that yeah, sometimes. I got to work with those folks. You know, everyone is always complaining, saying they want the show cut down to different sections, and they want this, they want that. Everyone wants something different. Oh, and you can't please all the people all the time. You really can't, and you know, I, I try tremendously to please everyone out there, but it's just, it's not, well, it's not going to happen. One week you please some, the next week you please the others. Yeah, that's really the best I can do. By the way, you've been listening the entire night, correct? Yes. Did you enjoy the guest? <laughs> yes, he kind of reminded doesn't sound too much like him, but he reminded me a little bit of Tommy Chong. You he think so? He definitely is an old hippie. Well, yes, <laughs> he, he definitely is an, a hippie and a very, very intelligent one at that. 
You know, we, we've oh. had these insane conversations off air and I just wish I had hit the little red button. Um, we, we've got into so many different things and those conversations have been a blast. What's the little red button? Oh, that's the record button. Oh, 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 duh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Got it. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm sure there, there are folks out there who don't exactly know what that means. Well, I do now. Yeah, see, there you are. Learn something tonight. Cool. Yeah. Uh, well, I hope you learned a lot tonight. Mr. Miller was on a roll here. Yes. Um, what was that he was saying about, uh, uh, Dennis and, oh, uh, Terrence? Oh, yes. The, the, are, are you the movie that's being yeah. made about Terrence. Are you aware of that? No, that's the first I heard of it. Yeah, there's a movie with Jim Carrey. He's gonna be, yeah, yeah he's gonna be playing <laughs> Dennis. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, Terrence, rather. That's gonna be something that I've gotta have, I'm gonna have to see that when it comes out. Yeah, I'm gonna have. Jim Carrey playing Terrence McKenna, that's, that's gonna be a movie all by itself. You know, it it really is, and I'm gonna have to get a hold of Dennis and see what he has to say about the film. You should do that right when it's, you know, after its release date. Yeah, and um, I, I believe Jim Carrey might have been taking Magic mushrooms for the role to prepare. The, uh, what do you call it? The method acting. Right. It, it's very interesting. You know, Jim Carrey has had a lot of issues as of late, if you've noticed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm afraid I have. You know, I could, I could get into all of that, but you know, I, I, I have respect for Jim Carrey, even though lots of bad things have been going on in his life. I, I don't want to judge him even though it's very easy to right now at this point in time. However, I think, I think maybe he maybe got a lot out of this film. I think maybe the psychedelics might have helped him a bit mentally. I hope so. I hope so too. <clears throat> you know, it, it's always terrible to see people go down like that. And of course I was talking about Johnny Depp. Um, oh, I, that breaks my heart. Yeah. You know, I really like him. I, I've always admired him and now it's just like, uh, I don't know how to feel about him right now. And that's not going to do a lot for the last uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movie that's oh, not even been released yet. It hasn't? I thought it was already out. Oh, is it? I didn't know I it was already out. I've seen trailers for it, but I didn't know it had been released. I'm well, not sure. Yeah, I'm just, still not going to do much for it. I, I'm assuming here. I don't know if it is re- if it has been released or not. I, I just know I, I just know he's been pretty bad himself making these wild comments and, of course, fighting with, with the ex-girlfriend there. Yeah. Yeah, that's never that's, a good situation. That's, that's bad. <laughs> it really is. And then, of course, we got we got my man, Sean David Morton, of course, skipping sentencing there. My goodness. Well, should have played the music and gotten it done and over with, but <sighs> that's just me. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to say about that. But I did want to ask you one thing. Did you... Happen to see the whole alien mummy in Peru. No. You haven't seen that yet? That. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at pictures here and it looks kind of, I'm not sure if that thing is real or not. I don't know. Of course. Oh, I, of, of course I don't I, know if they did the practicing of the, the head press that mm. a lot of indigenous. Oh, yes. With the skull. Or, I mean, globally, not just in the Americas, mm-hmm. but where they, they, Press the well, the skull is still malleable, right? And press the skull and reshape the skull. Yes. And 
I have a hunch maybe it's that. I don't know for sure. I yeah. just am thinking maybe that's what they found. This thing has three fingers. Oh, I hope they're not cutting fingers off. <laughs> you know, oh. I I questioned the whole source because I, I did see a familiar name to this story. Jaime uh, Muzan, and that guy, he kind of has a history of being a known hoaxer himself. So I always question the source. Always, well, I'm not familiar always. with him, but just anything like that, I don't take it face value. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling you on that one because of just his involvement in it. And I feel terrible for saying that, but he's been linked to, to these, um, all these hoaxes continuously. He, he does this sort of thing. He's a very high profiled, high profiled investigative journalist from Mexico, I believe. And this guy's always, always hoaxing these UFO things. Well, there are all kinds of hoaxers in the world. We had one hoaxing a president eight years ago mm. or for eight years. Oh my goodness. I didn't <laughs> know you'd go there. My remark there. Sorry about that. My goodness. You, you know, <laughs> relax. Gotta calm yourself there. Calm. But yeah, it's, it's very fascinating. All these things going on around us. Of course, um, did, did you happen? Yes. Yes. By the way, yeah, I was, I was gonna ask you another question, but then I thought, then I randomly thought about Billy Bob Thornton because I, I saw his name here and I'm, I'm wondering what exactly was his last movie? Sorry, random question there, but that just, just popped in my mind. Was it? Was it the I last? I really don't know. The one I, I remember when I did a, played a grumpy Santa Claus. Yeah. That's, yeah. That was a long time ago. I'm sure he's done stuff since then. I think there was a part two of that that just came out not long ago. I think that might have been his last film. Could be. Oh, God, my screen just blinked. Okay, uh, well, I'm going to let you go before the call drops. Because oh, yes. Because going on. Don't worry. Yes, don't worry. I'm going to wrap up the program now. But I do thank you for your call. Thank you, Mike. All right. Take care and good night and see you on the flip side. You too. And keep up the great work. Ah, uh, Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Good night. Yes, Bad Santa 2. That came out last year with, of course, Billy Bob Thornton. If you didn't see the first one, that was pretty damn funny. I'm going to have to watch part two now. Hmm. Was this his last film? No, it don't think it was. He's been doing some TV shows. He was in Fargo just recently. Okay, I see. London Fields is another new film that he's going to be coming out in. And I'm sorry, folks. I, I know I went on a random tangent there with, with one Billy Bob Thornton. Incredible job in Sling Blade, by the way. But yes, wrapping up now, I, I do want to thank all of you out there for being a part of the program, listening in here. Staying up with me late at night. I do appreciate that. My name is Michael Deacon, and this is End of Days, the Michael Deacon program. Of course, you can listen to a replay on the TuneIn radio app if you search End of Days. Again, I appreciate all of you out there for listening. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place, and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night, everybody. I could tell that all the mainstream media outlets were 
giving me like bullshit. Like, if you can just see it, it's clear. <laughs> appropriate. I wish I could be in that ring with Holden right now. It's crazy. I had no idea this shit existed before 